welcome back to another Build and Drive podcast. I am the builder. You might know me as Jeff from Home Built by Jeff on YouTube. And I'm Spike. I'm the driver. You might know me from such racing series as the FIA European Formula 3, uh, Porsche Carrera Cup Germany and Super Cup, and the Lamborghini Super Trofeo in Middle East and Asia. Cool. So, um... Yeah, I suppose moving on this week, uh, what did you get up to? I know you had uh, some, you've been having some issues with the old Austin Healy. Yeah, I uh, went out for a drive the other day and I was just driving along normally. Um, when you go full throttle, it's got a, like a Le Mans engine kit on it and I don't think the tuning is quite right. Or it's always been an issue. So when you go full throttle, it kind of makes some um, like pinging. Um, yeah, I don't know whether it's like a mixture or something like that that's uh, going on there. But that all sounded fine, and then it just seemed to get worse. And then it kind of changed its tune to more of a, a bad metallic noise and uh, like a metallic tapping. And it, it, it didn't sound well. Uh, I kind of limped it home because uh, I wasn't far. And that's where I had to uh, kind of leave it and put it on a trailer and drive it into Sydney. And yes. still waiting to hear what's wrong with it, but it doesn't sound good. And uh, I think it might be something in the bottom end. Yeah, I heard it briefly and it did sound a bit like it might be the death rattle there, the um, uh, bottom end bearings. Yeah, not uh, not good news, but uh, hopefully, hopefully they can get it sorted. Um, yeah. I'm hoping it's not too bad. They're quite a. It's pretty much a tractor engine. Those those engines. So yeah, I'm hoping it's quite sturdy and nothing's gone too bad. I mean, the fact that it was still in one piece and wasn't massive smoke billing out of it or anything. So I'm hopeful it's something small, but. Fingers yeah. crossed. I, I know from those tractor, those old English <laughs> inverted commas tractor engines, my dad has had a uh, couple of rebuilds on his old uh, MGs, MGTD. I think he's had rebuilt a couple of times and after not far each time. And they're really simple engines, but they just, uh, I don't know, they just obviously uh, an old English design and may maybe it's just the people who are rebuilding it but uh, yeah he hasn't had much luck with those things they just seem to be yeah well it, the sad thing is it's been the, the most reliable one we've had you know we've had it like 15 20 years something like that mm -hmm. and it's always run well never had any issues uh, so yeah hopefully Mate. it's not anything too major if not there's a a nice Healy for sale. <laughs> <laughs> the, tr the, the trouble always is, is that, that to sell it, you really want to, you need to fix it first. So you fix it and then it's really good and then you don't want to sell it anymore. So it's sort of, it's, it's one of those situations that, uh, yeah. Well, it might be a, one of those sell as is kind of situations and some weirdo will come pick it up and f put a Ferrari engine in it or something. I don't know what sort of moron would do something like that, but anyway. <laughs> ruin these nice classic cars. Well, uh, speaking about uh, stupid Ferrari engine conversions, this week I had a go at doing the paint protection film on Harry, and 
Oh, sorry, on the Alfa Rari. And, yeah, that was... I, I'm starting to see why they charge so much for it. For starters, the stuff is expensive. You know, it's it cost me I'm, I'm about around $900 for uh, enough to do just the front end of the car. And, actually, um, I messed up the bonnet, uh, mostly because I had it looking really good, and then I saw there was, like, a little tiny fine hair under there, like right underneath, so I lifted it up and just tried to flick the hair out, and each time I had like, oh no, there's another bit, another bit, and I think there was just more stuff coming off of my hands going underneath, and it just, I ended up like fighting it for like half an hour, until I just, I wrecked it completely, so yeah, that was not a smart idea. Do you think that's because you had the garage door open, and the paint booth door open, and most of the time these professionals do it in a pretty clean environment less of that and I you're th- constantly covered in dog hair that may also be a guess <laughs> but uh no actually i think it was actually some of the lint off of one of the rags i used that was still on the uh on there and the rest of it i did i made sure i tack ragged it you know i cleaned all the panels first i tack ragged them and then um yeah and I got all the other panels looking much better. It's just, it's a learning curve. Uh, one of the things I found with the paint protection film is um, when I first started trying to use it on uh, on Harry, my 911, was I was expecting just to be able to heat it up and it would sort of shrink. But it doesn't It doesn't like to shrink, but it stretches really, uh, it stretches a long way. So it, it, it'll stretch easily, but it will not shrink nicely at all. And, uh, yeah, I'm... Uh, I, I, Gradually learnt that and got the the bulk of the front end done, just uh, not all of it. So I've got to go back and do the bonnet again because I've ran out of material. And also the wheel arch flares, I sort of I pictured I could just use some um, some offcuts for for them, but they're actually like when you lay it out, they're actually really long each, and actually you need a lot of material. So um, yeah, that's. Uh, yeah, That's well, a yeah. Curve. I might give you a shit for it, but uh, it's good to see you actually just jump in and give this stuff a go. Oh, I, I, With all your stuff, I mean, I wouldn't even attempt to do that for fear of damaging something, or you know, especially when you're outlaying nine hundred bucks. Yeah, yeah. To, to begin with. Yeah. So if you start making silly mistakes or you know getting hair under it, then you're kind of cutting up nine hundred bucks every time. Yeah. Well, I mean, like. I only wrecked a bit of it. Um, I didn't, you know, I didn't wreck the whole lot. So, so it wasn't sort of, yeah, I, 900 bucks was enough to get the, enough to do the entire front end. And then I screwed up the bonnet portion. I'm still going to need to go back with another 450 bucks worth or something like that to actually, <laughs> to actually finish off what I've, what I started. But, uh, but no, it's, it's, it's getting there and it's coming together and, uh, um, yeah, it's even though it's all painted and it's shiny, and I'm starting to put things back on it. It's still such a slow, tedious process to uh, to do all that sort of stuff. Um, but I actually went down and picked up. Uh, I went down to Eurocar Garage, which is uh, uh, a Ferrari specialist down in Albion Park, so not far from from us here. And um, uh, the uh, the owner down there, Liam, he's he's a uh, he's a uh, a really cool guy and. He did all of his, uh, I think, his apprenticeships with Ferrari. So he has a good history of that. But he had a 
fantastic collection of cars down there. Everything from sort of a uh, um, Lancia Delta Integrale, um, E-Type Jags. There was a there was a bunch of Porsches. He had a um, um, was it a, it's a, a Murcielago that was uh, like, and, and a lot of these are with the engines out being being rebuilt. So so a massive range of stuff. But yeah, I went down and, and saw him and got all the uh, servicing parts for my Ferrari engine, which is uh, which is going to be a big step. So I've got to get the engine up on the stand and start pulling that apart and getting it ready, you know, tidying everything up and getting it ready to sort of paint bits and reassemble the engine and and uh, seal it up, make sure it's all clean and perfect to get it back on the car. Because so many people keep asking me, oh, have you run the engine yet? And it's like, well, no, I haven't run the engine yet. It, it did come out of a car that only had 27,000 kilometres from it. And, uh, it. Yeah, but and what happened wrecked. to that car? Well, it was wrecked. It had a, <laughs> I've seen photos, and it, had, and it obviously uh, um, had a front-end collision in Japan. It was a Japanese car. Uh, and uh, yeah, so the the engine was obviously running until he pranged it. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm confident it's a a, a a good engine, and everything seems everything seems to be uh, looking quite good on it. So it just. That's why I through. hope that he didn't bust a radiator or something and leak it all out, and then had the car still running. I yeah maybe, but uh, yeah I think I think it'll be yeah it'll it'll be it'll be fine. I'll, I've sort of. I've turned it over and I've uh, seen that it's actually, you know, it's all, it all uh, seems like it's in good order. And well, the Healy engine service. still turns over. <laughs> yeah, that's the bottom end. That, that, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so anyway, the, uh, yeah, so I'm moving along on that. But uh, I also, uh, yesterday actually, I started pulling Harry apart. Obviously, last week I sort of talked about how they had the throttle issues with, the, the 911 during the rally and uh, I had to change over uh, the, the throttle position sensor that's on the engine so the the sensor basically most sensors on these cars the, the throttle sensors have two signals sort of there's a sort of fail safe redundancy in them and they're the polarity is actually different so they uh, um, if you take a log and uh, and and it's starting to fail, generally one will, you know, one of the two signals will fail before the other. Or if there's a wiring issue or whatever, you can sort of it helps you narrow down if there there are any problems. And uh, the sensor I had on before only had one signal, so I was sort of basically the computer I'm using needs two signals, so I just spliced it together and just made that one signal as two, um, and. That didn't help me diagnosing the issue, so I've gotten rid of that sensor, uh, and now I've got like a custom one that's got two signals in it, and that's going to be much better. But I'm still, I've, I've still, I was just having some issues cal- calibrating it, so I've been talking to the guys at Link in New Zealand and um, trying to sort that out. But uh, yeah, the uh, ah, yes, it, it, hopefully it will be good to get that all fixed and get it running as it's intended to again. Um, the hard thing is, is I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to test it properly until I get it back on a track because it really needs even a hard road drive is not the same it needs to be a really hard road drive to uh, to, to test it properly where I'm really I'll getting on it I'll take it for a drive for you <laughs> well because I did um, when I played around with it at, uh, in, in Adelaide I went out for sort of 15 minutes of 
just basically just flooring it and back on and on and on and off the throttle, sort of just in second gear and you know a high speed area, just just accelerate brake, accelerate brake, trying to emulate what you're doing in in the um, in a stage, and it worked fine. And then as soon as I get back on a stage again, it was it was playing up. But that sort of that's still a bit more extended, and yeah, I I will uh, yeah maybe we'll, we'll have to go out for a drive and and check them and uh, and see if I can sort it out because yeah. it's driving me crazy. We might have <laughs> to go to uh, where YouTube is called Mexico. Yeah, yeah. To test this out. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll, we'll, ju- we'll just we'll just drive to Mexico from yeah from Australia. It's close. <laughs> it's close. <laughs> well, we go to Tasmania. It's the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> There's still, yeah, there's still, in theory, road rules in Tasmania. You just have to see a cop to actually enforce them, which is... Yeah. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yes. All right, well, um, moving on. um, Actually, I was uh, on Instagram during the week. I was, uh, I I, I follow Chris Clewell, who has a much better podcast than ours, uh, the Overcrest podcast and uh he was posting up images of a i think it was a dodge charger like a like a 60s early 70s dodge charger um in the u.s somebody's done a resto mod on but the interior has a i can't find an image of it but the interior had i think it might have been an electric car and it had basically like a tesla interior in this this classic car which I appreciate the workmanship. It looks really good, but they've got to be some of the, like put the world's worst interior into a beautiful classic car. Because uh, I I absolutely hate Tesla interiors. Like you the, just said, it looks really good. I said that the uh, the workmanship is very good, but it's <laughs> it did not it, it it looks horrible in that car. I I just I don't get. I don't get all the modern cars that got these stupid touchscreens that look like an afterthought, just just like an iPad just glued onto the dash. Like Mercedes started doing it. They, you know, the, all these companies that had really nice interiors, sort of things that are integrated in the interiors. Why can't the screen be integrated into the interior? It looks and look like uh, an actual part of the car rather than this stupid iPad that's glued onto the dash as an afterthought. Just I'm going to say it's cost. All down to cost. Probably, but like... It's more expensive probably for them to make some molded dash that has the screen inside than, you know, just a rounded dash and then it'll stick a $10 or less buddy iPad screen. Possibly, but when you're talking... I mean, I sort of understand that if you're a budget brand that's trying to, you know, do things cheaply or, or really crappy brand like Tesla. <laughs> um, but if you're Mercedes, where you're doing quality stuff, you've been doing, you know, beautiful interiors for a long time. And, yeah, I just... I, I, Unfortunately, I, they put it all down to it's the future and it's tech. So what isn't good about modern tech? Like, you know, the Audis have all the touchscreen for... Not only the infotainment, but you got to use a screen for your fan and climate controls and all this stuff. And See, I hate that. It costs them way less money to put a screen than have actual physical buttons and knobs, but they tell you that it, it looks more modern and sleek and... 
Yeah, that's just just marketing BS for for, for yeah. yeah, like I I I, I hate it too. I just... hate touchscreens. I just touchscreens are a dangerous distraction for the, for the car. Like uh, somebody commented on my uh, my road trip video with uh, Harry taking back to Adelaide, going through the floodwater, and uh, 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 some people obviously can't help but touch their phones. And I think he he thought I was filming on my phone. I was filming. I was holding the camera. I was holding a GoPro, which there is one physical button you touch to start recording and stop recording. And I could do that by feel. I still find, you know, even though I'm filming myself with the camera, um, it is it is very mildly distracting, but I still think it's way less distracting than any modern touchscreen. If you want to change your fan controls and you have to actually, you can't feel it, you have to you know, take your eyes, off, take the your eyes off the road, reach over and actually start messing around with a touchscreen. I think that is that is a stupid idea and, and extremely dangerous. And, I mean, I, as my day job, uh, if uh, many of you don't know, I'm a firefighter, so I go to hundreds of car accidents, uh, um, probably not hundreds a year, I go, go to probably a hundred a year. Uh, and, uh, yeah, at 99.9% of these accidents are from people not paying attention. Often people are texting or just just whatever, just daydreaming, probably using their touchscreens. Just, yeah, the lack of attention people are paying on is, uh, is the biggest issue on our, uh, on our roads by, by a long way. Yeah, and you don't see any race car, Formula 1, GT car. None of them have... Anything that's difficult, like a touchscreen, it's all no. big physical buttons that are easy to use while you're doing 200 plus kilometers an hour. Yes. So if it's good enough for that, you know why can't we use it on the road? I, I yeah, I, I, I like you said, it's all, um, it's it's all comes down to to cost. It's much easier to to come up with a graphic to make a a, a cool looking button on a screen. Uh, inverted commas, than it is to actually physically mould and make and and produce real physical buttons. And the problem with the screen is it's a screen. So you try and do something else, and now you have to look at the screen again because the button you wanted to press is now either not there or you have to find out how to get it there. Absolutely. It was... Yeah, I, I I rage against that. So coming back to my original point, that I, I I don't I don't understand why you would you would make this really cool old you know muscle car which had this the I, I really like the classic interiors. I don't mind if you update them and change them a bit, but keeping the 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 feel of a classic car interior I, I think is 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 a big part of it. I, I'm also. I'm, I'm I'm not a huge fan of these sort of fitting, yeah, and more modern cars interior into a classic. Where it seems to be a, a common thing with a lot of these resto mods, each their own. But I, I just find you know there's I've seen some they might have been uh, Hold Monaros, you know, so so uh, Australian muscle car from the 70s or 60s 70s, uh, and they might put a a more modern Holden Commodore interior. Yeah, they put the Commodore engine and drivetrain in. I get, I get the, the that sort of part. But then they put this this interior, which 
would probably be from a 20, you know, 14 Holden. So it's it's this old... And, and let's face it, they, they never really had good interiors in the first place. They cheap plastic stuff. Nothing uh, about them was good. <laughs> the, 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 the original interior was so much cooler and had so much more character. And then you put this modern... Like, not even modern now, it's the dated plastic interior into a... Um, a muscle car, I just find it, it, it dates it so much, whereas I, I, I really like the, the classic feel of these interiors and again, I don't mind adding modern amenities and making nicer touch points, making, using nicer leather and um, things like that, I mean uh, I guess it probably comes down to cost you know, it's probably way easier to go to a Wreckers and find an interior for a 2014 shitbox and whack it in your car so you can, you know, make it more everyday friendly, which is the side of it that I don't mind, is if they're doing it so that they can use it more often and get the car on the road, that's good. I, 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 absolutely. I, 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 Not everyone I, I has the that. skills to, you know... Go buy some purple tartan and do up the, <laughs> do up the car by you know in their garage. <laughs> I the thing is 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 fitting these uh, these interiors takes skill like like it takes a lot of skill to fit a more modern interior. I just I I just think it really detracts from the car and then the interior dates and then you've just got this sort of this dated interior in the wrong era of car whereas you know the uh, look at what the uh, like the Singer DLS has done you know like it's not the standard interior but they've, they've the, the layout is the same the, the, the gauges are the same it's okay it's changed a lot of bits and pieces but it, it's it's kept to the essence and that's that's I don't know that's, that's what that's what I like of these things Maybe I'm just a, yeah, a grumpy old man and I like, I like things the way I like them because, uh, let's face it, there's a lot of people who, who, are, you know, who rage against me for fitting the Ferrari engine to a, yeah, an old Alpha. So. Well, you yeah. also have like race buckets pretty much in your Harry. So. That's true, yes. Which is not as everyday friendly. And... No. Although, I mean, I, I, to be honest, I'm amazed at how comfortable they are. I've driven, you know, from... Sydney for eight days around Tasmania and back in in that in in the racing buckets and then um, to the Adelaide Rally you know driving sixteen hours mm-hmm. one way uh, like like on on the way there and then fourteen hours on the way back plus you know three days of the rally and yeah and and that's, it's still super comfortable seat uh, I've done adjustments to the uh, actually at the moment I still have. Uh, my lumbar support that I put in there is is folded up microfiber towels in behind the uh, uh, the back pad because the back pad just velcros in and out, so it's easy to just change the lumbar support as as necessary. And it's I really thought I'd be cramped and like peel out of the car uncomfortably, but it's super comfortable. Well, maybe your mate likes a couple more meat pies and beers than you. <laughs> <laughs> Needs the room. Yeah, uh, but. Uh, Yes, well, actually, thinking of these interiors uh, and and the modern stuff, you were telling me about this article. You, yeah, I was looking at an article that was talking about 
modern things in cars that don't quite make sense and they were whinging about things like keyless entry and well, we touched on the screens uh, for some reason they were annoyed about a glass or a crystal gear shifter which I don't I'm uh, I'm not I'm not sure about that one unless unless it actually the light comes through it and it actually can burn spots in your dash like it like sort of a, a magnifying glass um, yeah I don't know the, I, I uh, switched off after reading some of the things and it was just crap well see like I, I don't okay I don't mind uh, keyless entry with it with a remote but I but I I hate I hate push button start I, I like having a physical key I like to physically have it was it was always one of the the, the, the cool things about uh, about these cars is actually you know they have such a dis- you know every car seemed to have a, a distinct key and it was it went all the way through and, it, and the, the keys were getting cooler and cooler and more individual and then suddenly they're just like oh no it's just a it's just a card you stick in your wallet you just get in the car with you your phone's your key now so you just you just walk up and the the door automatically unlocks and you just press button start I hate press button start it's, Give me a key. I like a key. No. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm all about the convenience of not having to pull it out and have a massive bunch of different keys in your pocket. And no, no, you 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 still need to refine your 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 keys. And and I'm I don't have huge bundles of keys, but I just yeah I have just the yeah yes I I, I rage against that and electric handbrakes I. Freaking hate electric handbrakes. What is wrong with the old wrenching lever? How are the kids of the future going to do handbrakes if they don't have if they've got freaking electric handbrakes? I'm glad it's they just... won't be doing that. You're turning into a grumpy old man. You really are. I'm not a grumpy old man. <laughs> the only benefit is the cars that still have you know manual handbrakes or hopefully get put into trees, and we won't have to see them ship boxes again. See, see, I. I've seen a couple of cars now which have electric handbrakes where they died. I know of people who had, uh, uh, I know a mate who had a, uh, I can't remember if it was a Range Rover or a Discovery that. Uh, well, that was the first mistake. Yeah. <laughs> that uh, the handbrake locked on and they had to get under to move it. They had to cut the the cable to to release the handbrake because they couldn't get it to release. The electronic release wouldn't come off. And as a firefighter, I went to another job where somebody had parked, they had a very steep driveway, um, and their house was at the, uh, on the uphill side of a very heat steep driveway. And, uh, yeah, they had the electric handbrake on while they were moving things out of a trailer, I think it was, and the handbrake just randomly let go and rolled across the street and into the house across the street, which is, uh, yeah, where's... I don't know, like, like. So you're saying a manual handbrake, yes, will never fail. No, because uh, no, that's not true. Because uh, actually, at the, the the rally the other week, the little Fiat that we we loved, uh, he put the handbrake on while he uh, you know mid stage when the car broke down, and uh, as he went to put his warning trial, it was out the brakes cooled enough that the handbrake just slipped off and it rolled back into the driveway. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> I still. Just give me a regular handbrake. <laughs> You're talking about having all these original, yeah, or more manual, tactile things, but yes. you stuck a 
electronic throttle and hairy, and that's what's giving you the problems. So, what do you, you can't have everything. Don't come at me with logic. <laughs> <laughs> the, actually, that, that's one thing that a lot of people sort of were, true or were, false. You put it in there because it was easier to run a cable uh, electrics than the cable. Uh, I no, I could have got the cable to work. It, the The main reason I put the electronic. Um, handbrake in there is particularly with the sorry the electronic throttle in there is particularly with the individual throttle bodies and uh, and running the ECU it, having an electronic throttle means that you it's easier for cold starts and for um, easier like well easier to tune. entry easier to tune so <laughs> so it will it will start. Uh, more easily, it can also it runs the uh, cruise control. Um, I'm hearing s- convenience, convenience. Ke- yes. Keyless entry, convenience. Oh, I'm I'm fine with keyless entry, just just as in as in you press a button on your little key fob and it unlocks. No, 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 no. you don't have to get it out. Not not proximity sense. No, 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 no. Convenience. No. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, part of the reason they were saying um, they were anti-keyless entry was all the thefts happening with people reprogramming keys, but I don't think the problem is the key. I think the problem is the shitbags that are stealing the cars. Well, these days, I think there's, there's a lot fewer people... It's a lot harder to steal a car now than it used to be. I know when I, when I was in high school... Um, okay, this this is going back a while ago, but they we, had cars then. Yeah, we had cars, and we used to break into each other's like in our free period. We break into each other's cars and sabotage them. So we'd uh, you know get uh, often you can just sort of get in with packing tape because it had the just the the, uh, the the basic little knob on the uh, uh, on the top of the door trim, so you could just put a bit of you know feed a bit of packing tape through there. Pull, loop it over the knob, pull it tight, and slide it up, and unlock the door, and then get in, and and you turn the wipers on full blast, and the stereo up full bore, and um, and and all these bits and pieces, and do or or even um, you know disconnect a spark plug lead, and and just a bunch of different things to mess with each other's cars while you know we we were we were away and. Uh, you know, that sort of stuff was quite easy to break into then. Uh, and nowadays, to steal a car, you really need the key with the immobilizers and stuff like that. Or, or you need to have a lot of skill to, you know, with nah. a unit to... to it, you can buy these little devices off of Amazon or whatever dodgy website you want to go to and get these devices that pretty much let you in straight away. It lets you in. Does it let you start the car? Yes. Yes, you don't know that, or you... No, there was a whole article. I was, was seeing it? in the US there was big crime with people getting their car stolen, and I think it was... Uh, so this is something I don't know enough about, but I know in the past... Actually, that one was more the ignition barrel, whatever it is, in the car was really easy to bypass. Uh, it was specific to like a Kia or a Hyundai, I believe. Um, there was massive theft in the U.S. of that, or a couple of those brands that had the same thing. Let's, yeah, I haven't had experience of that, but I do know that actually, yeah, I've been to quite a few cars 
um, in my, my day job as a firefighter, I've go, go to uh, people who've locked, you know, locked a baby in the car. You know, uh, mum's coming back to do the shopping for some reason. She sort of, she strapped the baby in the car, closed the door, gone to open the, uh, put, put the groceries in the boot, closed the boot, and then suddenly, like, the car's locked with the keys inside the boot, and she can't get back in. Yeah, see, and, I learned from years ago we were at the airport mm-hmm. and closed the doors and went to the boot to get our bags out, and it was locked. Luckily, we had the spare key at home and a brother could drive it out there, but from that day on, child or not child in the car, if I'm leaving the car running, I will always crack the window down so I can reach in there if I need to before I'll shut the door. That's uh, that's a, a good... Uh, a, a good way to go because Spike's tip for the day. <laughs> well, well, I've I've been to a couple now, and I believe the the last one I can think of was a Kia, maybe, where the the car was locked. We ended up uh, there was there was a you know it was it was in an underground car park, so it wasn't that hot. But in the end, we smashed a window to get in. We still we managed to climb in through the window of the car, and even inside the car, we could not open the doors until we found the key. Which yeah, well. I think is quite dangerous. <laughs> so there's 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 a baby in the car. We're physically you know in the car and can't can't open it. That's that's not cool. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. It's uh, a lot of these cars seem to be. Yeah, you really you really need 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 the key and need need to keep the key on you and keep access to it. Which is uh, yeah. Too much technology. Too much. Mm, I don't know. <laughs> Unfortunately, I think they're always going to find a way to uh, steal your shit. Well, that's it. Pe- people are, if they, you know, um, if people want to get your stuff, they're going to get it. You, 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 yeah. you make it as difficult as you can. But I think it's almost easier, like you said, to mess with old stuff. But even to just pick a lock is easier than to get all this new equipment and you know. I see they have these. You've got to carry around what looks like a old TV antenna to pick up the signal of your key that's inside and get in that way. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, again, they, they pretty much clone your key. Yes, I, I, I can, I can see that, but I, I think, yeah, I, I'd have to look into it more to actually see how difficult it is to steal these cars. But uh, from from my experience these days, it's just, it's just easier to break into somebody's house. And find the keys and steal the car that way, or just carjack someone and take the take yeah. their keys. I think, and that seems to be the more the the more common way than the old. Well, I, I know that uh, the WRXs. I actually twenty odd years ago was speaking to a guy who who was an ex car thief who used to. Uh, um, I think on the uh, the early WRXs, you could actually just basically steal it with a screwdriver, where you could. You get the screwdriver in behind the whole door handle assembly, and you could you could just break that, sort of flip that out of the door, and pull the whole handle, and that would un- that would open the door, and then um, flick the key barrel out with the the screwdriver and turn the key. And to break the steering lock, you just sort of put your feet and your hands on the steering wheel and just yank it around. It was only like little nylon tabs that kept yeah. the, the steering wheel locked, and uh, yeah, and, and you're in. But, uh, yeah, that's... Maybe they should invent some sort of app that 
you can link into your car, and if someone steals it, you can just press a button and deploy all the airbags. <laughs> <laughs> I know there are plenty of uh, monitoring services where they can shut your car down and things like that. No, that's no, no. They that's have a little to, bit more aggressive. They have to suffer. <laughs> yeah, but so do you, then, because airbags are expensive. That's, that's, yeah, probably if the airbags deployed, I'll write the car off, so you'll get your insurance money. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. And you can part it out so someone can use all the seats in their Monaro. <laughs> and the dash. <laughs> I don't mind the seats. It's the dash. It's the dash. It's the essence. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, so I've got, uh, yes, quite a bit more to do uh, this week. I'm uh, still not sure whether I'm going to start pulling the Ferrari engine out yet or the... Uh, uh, I'm going to go back this afternoon and, and keep playing around with Harry and see if I can actually get it to calibrate that uh, throttle properly and actually get the car running so um that's good and we'll have to organize a drive day and actually yeah uh, yeah you can see what you think of of harry and uh um give your grumpy old man opinion about the car i'm not a grumpy old man because i i just love to be a grumpy old man it's just, there's too many people in the world that shouldn't be here <laughs> too much stuff that shouldn't be happening get off my lawn <laughs> <laughs> all right well um yeah i think that's probably um that's probably everything i've got to discuss for this week's yeah, podcast we'll wrap it up there and like we said in the last one if you've got any questions you want to send our way or any you know topics you want us to talk about yep. any of that stuff any feedback say you know audio is crap or no more tartan interiors, whatever. Just let us know. <laughs> or, or I have no idea what I'm talking about, which is quite, probably quite accurate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just uh, let us know in the uh, in the comments. And, uh, yeah, hopefully by the time you hear this, it's not going to be too old. I know we've been doing this for a little while and having a few teething problems getting them uh, posted up live. But uh, fingers crossed we'll... Uh, uh, Get you guys will be able to catch up and keep up with where we where we're at and uh, yeah, let us know if you've got anything you want us to talk about. Yep. All right. Cool. Thanks, guys. All right. See you next time.